everybody. I'm Mitch Goldich, and welcome to episode 48 of Mitch Eats Food, a podcast where I talk about eating food. Thanks, as always, to those of you who have subscribed and left ratings and reviews. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and find me on social media for food pictures to go along with every episode. I mentioned in episode 46 that my relaunch after a full year off would include posting some old episodes taped before the pandemic. Today's episode is the first of those. So now, very quickly, let us transport back in time to January 2020, which feels like a million years ago. This meal was eaten inside of a restaurant with a large group of friends sharing food off communal plates, dipping into communal cheeses, things that felt totally normal at the time, but are unlike anything I have experienced in more than a year now. I explained when I relaunched all the reasons it just didn't feel right to post this until now, and I once again encourage everyone to go check out episode 46 for those thoughts, plus much more on the outdoor dining scene in New York during the pandemic. But now, here is that podcast from January 2020 on Oda House, a Georgian restaurant on the Upper East Side. I'm excited for today's guest because it's somebody I've wanted on the podcast for a while. I know he's wanted to be on here since I launched it, and I think every time I've seen him for the last two years, he's pulled out a list of restaurant recommendations on his phone and told me we have to make it happen. So today we finally are doing that. Larry Fish, welcome to the podcast. Larry, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me today, Mitch. Much appreciated. Been looking forward to this for about two years now. Uh, <laughs> to talk about the interview of the night. Yeah, long overdue. You're, so I was looking at the list. You now join a growing list of friends from Lehigh who've been on the podcast, along with Smitty, Patches, Megan McLaughlin, and Mike Scanella. So you were only the fifth one. Don't feel too bad. <laughs> so uh, we had a friend in town, uh, and we all wanted to get together for dinner, and you were put in charge of picking a spot. And I actually, people, I guess people who listen to this podcast might assume that I'm the guy, the go-to guy with recommendations for New York restaurants, but you have great recommendations all the time. So I happily delegated and put you in charge of picking a place. And you came up with Oda House, a Georgian restaurant on the Upper East Side. I had never had Georgian food, and I don't even think I was familiar with uh, what it is and what makes it different or special. So how, how did this? Yeah, okay. I was gonna. <laughs> how did this happen? Why why Oda House? How did this come together? It's uh, it's always been written up pretty well, um, and uh, it sounded interesting. Something I knew none of us had had. And to be totally fair, it's around the corner from my new apartment, and I figured it's the place I should try. And um, I suggested it and made the reservations and dragged you all there to give this place a shot. Yeah, out of convenience. I should have known that was the reason. Uh, it wasn't that bad for me. I can trek across the park. I live on the Upper West, so uh, Upper East Side, it wasn't that tough to get to. Um, and it was fun. I, I was glad we got to try it, and it was a good time. If you're going to go to a place like this with a new cuisine that none of us had ever had, it's fun to go with a group of eight people because we just we did it family style, a bunch of appetizers and then a bunch of main dishes, and we all got to try all kinds of different things instead of, you know, if it had just been the two of us, we wouldn't have gotten to try, to try as much, so I thought this was a fun way to do it. Yeah, I'm always pro group meals, share everything. If you're going to go out to eat with me, you're 100% sharing whether you want to or not. And this yeah. place, there was eight of us, like you said. We ordered the gamut. I, we basically ordered me and you for all eight of us, and uh, we just sort of winged it. The waitress helped us a lot, sort of guiding us. 
and we were getting enough food, and we were, we were quite content. Yeah, I mean, that's the move. Anytime you do something like that, you, you talk to the waitress uh, and, and ask for recommendations. We I googled it, and when I was looking up Georgian food the night before we went, all I saw was Sulguni, which is, and again, I apologize in advance. I'm probably going to butcher multiple pronunciations. We did our best. We actually did talk to the waitress a little about pronouncing some of these. But Sulguni uh, is the cheese that they're known for. The description that came up first on Google said it was sour, moderately salty, nicknamed pickle cheese. So I was a little suspicious at first the, of how much we'd enjoy it, but obviously <laughs> down to try it and you got to do it. Um, so then we uh, – I guess we should just roll right into the menu here and what we had. They, they had an appetizer section that had a lot of breads, uh, and it was like breads and cheeses. So we ordered three of them for the table. Uh, one was ajaruli, which was the homemade sulguni cheese mixed with emeruli cheeses baked in yeast dough served with a poached egg. Then there was imaruli, which was, again, the homemade sulguni and imaruli cheeses melted inside yogurt dough. And then kubdari, which was organic chopped beef, onions, herbs, and spices, again, baked in yeast dough. And this was like ground beef. So those were our three. And I, I think we were saying we basically we had a, a cheese dip, a cheese pizza, and a meat pizza. And that's sort of how I would describe those three <laughs> flatbreads. Is that is that a fair picture? And, and uh, you know, I guess which, which one of these was your favorite? I mean, I, I got to go with the cheese and the poached egg. They, yeah. uh, they brought it table side, like sizzling. And I think typically they let the guests, um, mix it themselves, but they looked at us like we were amateurs. And she mixed it in front of us, and it was just so good. It was the right level of stringiness, the right level of cheesy and salt and sweet. Um, it was so, so good, that one. Yeah, I've said this a million times on this podcast. I'm a sucker for anything prepared table side. So this is one. The, the It was a little bit dark in there, so unfortunately my photos are not great. But I think my best photo might be of this. And it comes the – it's basically in like a bread bowl, almost like a boat of bread, and then just the gooey cheese in the middle, and it comes with the poached egg on top, and they mix it all together. And then we basically were cutting off and pulling apart the bread to use to dip into the cheese. And it was awesome. Yeah, it, every it, little bit that – Every little bit that dripped out, we just grabbed up with another piece of bread. Like, there was no cheese left behind them. Yeah, it might have been my favorite thing that we had the whole time. I always talk about the star of the show at any meal. I, you know, this is a an appetizer cheese uh, prepared table sides. You're dipping in and mixing in a poached egg. It tasted really good. And I just – I loved it. Um, it was a, the perfect way to start things off. Uh, there were other things we had that I enjoyed, but I just thought this was great. The the other two were good too, though. The one was basically like I said, like a cheese pizza, where it had a crust at the bottom and then layers with the with sort of that gooey the sulguni. It's just it's a very strong flavor, and so to have a flatbread kind of a cheesy pita uh, pizza cheesy pita uh, quoting season two of The Office or whatever the cheesy pizza with. Um, the uh, that that cheese it was an interesting strong flavor and I liked it and then the one with the beef was similar that was kind of a flakier crust it almost was you know those like the frozen hors d'oeuvres that have the beef and the flaky uh, like crust dough around them on the outside it was like that kind of texture um, but the I liked yeah, the beef it had a nice the the seasoning and the spice on it was good and they said you know Georgian spices but um, I you know I, I I really liked all three of them. Yeah, the meat one was almost like a stromboli almost because it was stuffed inside, but you're right. It was a different crust, it felt like. The meat was really quite tender, and my first bite, um, the meat sort of fell out, unfortunately, and I got to eat the meat separately. Um, but it was really a great meat. Um, it was like a nice thin layer. And then the cheese one was like a white cheese pizza because there was no sauce on it. 
Um, it was a little bit thicker than I think, like a New York typical style pizza. Uh, but again, it had great flavor. It really did great flavor, great texture. Um, I don't know uh, if I had to choose only two of those, I would probably stick with the two cheeses. Um, I just think they were more fun and enjoyable to eat. But I'm really glad we got all three to get that meat in the beginning and a, and a different type of a uh, pastry with, with it. Yeah, I'd probably put the meat as my second favorite one. And part of that, I mean, I'm biased. I, I like to have meat. And, uh, you know, I, I can have a, an appetizer course without meat and I'll survive and be happy. But I just thought the difference um, between those two compared to the other one that was just the cheese, um, you know, I thought it was it was good to try the meat and have that flavor. Though we, we did have more meat coming because we had a, uh, a variety of, plenty more of meat meats. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, so let's move on to the uh to the main dishes and again oh my god these pronunciations uh, apologize again <laughs> but uh you can google it and, and look it up but the uh the kinkali which was uh beef and pork dumpling and these just looked like a traditional asian dumpling you you'd see them and you know they would look very uh very typical and, and standard to you the afkazura was ground lamb and these were basically lamb meatballs that had pomegranate seeds mixed in which was an interesting little wrinkle then the uh, tzitzili rachulad, which was a Cornish game hen with a blackberry cilantro garlic sauce, which was interesting. Um, then we had a, a chicken kebab skewer. And then we had the lobio rachuli, which was – it came with a big pot. And the pot was full with uh, pinto beans and cooked with homemade pork belly and onions and spices. And then this was served with cornbread that actually came on top of the pot and then a side salad. So uh, I just read them off. Do you want to share? Did you have a favorite among these uh, these five? Uh, so I, I definitely love the lamb with the pomegranate. Um, it was just there was something really nice about the the flavor of the meat with like the salty fruit. I, I don't think it's something we do enough um, in like American dishes. I, you don't think of it as like let me let me mix meat with my fruit. I minus on Thanksgiving with turkey and um, cranberries. But I really like that texture, and I like that like when you're eating it, there's like a little splash of juice. I thought those were, were really, really delicious. And then the chicken kebab, I mean, that was some of the most tender chicken I have ever had. Um, so those of, of, of those, those were definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I, yeah, I agree with you. The lamb was really good. And the, I mean, it was kind of, a few of them in this course, I'd say, were basically I got exactly what I expected. Um, I mean, you're right. Everything was good. The chicken kebab, it was, you know, it was a chicken kebab, and it was good chicken, and I liked the flavoring. The lamb meatball, it was a lamb meatball. It was kind of exactly what I thought it would be. You're right. I thought the pomegranate seeds mixed in was interesting. Um, I, you talked about how you and I did the ordering, and I think some of our friends, <laughs> the food just arrived, and someone was like, what's this? And then it was a pomegranate seed, uh, so it was like a, a nice bonus surprise for them uh but Much you know the, surprise for them but not. yeah the uh but the meat was tender it was good the the dumplings were really good but again just kind of a a standard dumpling it was it was good but uh nothing really special um but i really i thought the pot with the pinto beans was was really interesting i i think that was my favorite uh tasting food in this course it was a little bit tough to share actually um, was, just because it was, it was really a very, it was runny. Um, and I, I didn't know how to eat it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and then you have to kind of remember, this is probably something that somebody orders as their own appetizer. And so people were kind of 
taking the salad on their plate to help uh, with the runny juices from the beans. Uh, but, I, you know, I think I would have enjoyed it more if this was just my meal and I could – we were sort of – we were dipping the cornbread, but it was just a little bit tough to share. I think if I had just ordered this by myself, it might have been my favorite thing to have because the cornbread was an interesting texture. It wasn't very soft, uh, but it did taste good. It was super dense. And then, yeah, but the flavor of the pork and the beans just went together really well, and it did go with the cornbread. And I just thought it was an interesting dish and a cool presentation coming in this pot that, again, people can see pictures of. And so that actually might have been my favorite of the five, even though you, you didn't have it in your top two, you said. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like the uh, the pork belly and the beans. I think it did taste delicious. I think I really just struggled with how am I supposed, supposed to eat this, um, <laughs> which shame on us for ordering, like, oh, this is not what we expected. Cool. Um, but it was it had good flavor. And I will say, I, I think I was really surprised with the, the dumplings and how dense they were. Mm-hmm. Um, they were significantly denser than I'm used to in terms of, uh, like, a Chinese dumpling or dumplings from um, other places. It was, it was a very dense dumpling. Um but it was really good. I mean, the meat in it was great, and then the outside was um, quite nice as well. It went it went pretty well. Um, it was a little bit denser than I anticipated. Yeah, you're right. They were dense. I liked it, though, especially with the balance of everything else we had. You know, the kebab was just chicken. The lamb meatballs yeah. were just lamb. So it was kind of nice to get that doughy texture. I know we had three flatbreads as appetizers, but I thought <laughs> when this course came, it was a lot of here's meat, there's meat. This is, you know, it's good to have – uh, to have that texture and get the carbs added to it. So, um, you know, I, I love all things dough anyway. So yeah. it, it definitely – it didn't bother me at all that it was – you're right. It was on the denser no, no, side, the but I liked tied, it. Yeah. The main meal together. It, it worked well. Uh, and there was a little bit of starch. I think there was some potatoes on the side somewhere Yeah. Um, that sort of helped out. Uh, but, yeah, we really did focus on the meat that round. Yeah. So. Well, and we didn't even mention really the Cornish game hen. The, the blackberry cilantro sauce was interesting. Uh I I enjoyed getting a taste of it, and I definitely liked it. I don't think I would have loved it if that was my whole meal and if everything was covered in that flavor. I think it was a nice garnish, an interesting thing to try, but not uh, not something I'd want as my overpowering flavor for the whole dish. Yeah, I, I think we really won out in that we ordered this for so many people and shared. So we got like a couple bites of each one. We were satisfied, but I think some of these flavors, because they were so uh, different to us, would have been a lot for us to take on as a main dish, but because we got to share it, um, it was great. And, the, and you're right, the blackberry ascendant. So what to address? We, we got pomegranate in one dish, we got blackberry in another. Let's see how this is. The pomegranate, I think, worked much better. Um, and whatever was going on with the blackberries, like blackberry and garlic and cilantro, um, it was good a couple times. I don't know that I do right. I don't know that I want to have a whole dish um, with those combinations. Yeah, it's like when you know when I order if I get like chicken fingers and fries, you want like a variety of dipping sauces. I think I would have gone to that one a couple of times, but you don't want your whole meal to just be coated in that sauce. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of interesting fruits, <laughs> we gotta we gotta <laughs> talk about dessert. The 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 they talked us into it because this was the traditional Georgian dessert. Pelamushi, which none of us were familiar with. I will read the menu description. Uh, a traditional Georgian dessert made of grape juice cooked with wheat and corn flour served with walnuts. So you can picture in your mind what you think that might be. And then, Larry, why don't you tell everyone what it what it was when it arrived? It was like a slightly denser – it felt like a jello mold of this purple gelatinous stuff. Uh, and the walnuts were sprinkled on top. Um and it tasted like Diamond Tap from when I was growing up. A little bit 
um, less fake. Um, I have to say, I was in a weird situation. I tried a couple bites of this, and I was like, I sort of like this, and I'm sort of like, what am I eating? But I, I just kept eating it, man. I, I couldn't <laughs> stop. Yeah, I was expecting more of a cake, I guess, when I saw cooked with wheat and corn flour, and then it came like a grape pudding. And it was even, it was in the, it was, you said like a jello mold. It was shaped like a cake. And so even as I reach my spoon into the middle to, because we all shared it, it's in the center, is as I'm dipping my spoon into it, I thought it was going to be cake like. And then it was custardy pudding like. And yeah, I just, man, it was tough. I, I also, I didn't want to waste any. We all took, I think everybody was like, let's have a few bites and then quickly got to the point where it was, okay, we shouldn't leave any. Let's finish this, but it was a bit of a chore. Uh, I feel bad ending on a downer because I really enjoyed the meal a lot, but this dessert well, it just didn't do it for me. Uh, I don't think anyone no. in the group truly loved it. I don't think anyone even really liked it. Is that fair to say? I, which, you know, great meal. I feel bad ending on a downer, but uh, but not not for me, this dessert. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone particularly enjoyed it. I will say I, I actively hated it, um, I'm you did call it Dimatap. It was but... interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Dimatap wasn't so bad. I mean, it's like a great flavor Dimatap. I was like, thank you. <laughs> um, I was okay with it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was not what we anticipated. Um, and a, a couple bites of it were fine. But again, like a whole dish of that by yourself, I can't even fathom. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we uh, we feel similarly there. But – Overall, Larry, I think you did a great job picking a spot, and we had a good meal. I have to say one thing about the vibe of this place. You know, when it's somebody's birthday at the restaurant and you tell them, hey, it's this person's birthday, they often they'll bring out the dessert and sing happy birthday to you. Not at Oda House. What they did was they – for somebody else, not at our party, they – it was somebody's birthday. We were – I think we had ordered, but our food hadn't arrived yet. And instead of singing, they they turned down the lights in the entire restaurant and put a techno remix version of Happy Birthday on over the speakers. <laughs> so it was just it was a wild scene because uh, they they weren't nobody sang. Nobody, uh, you know, did anything. They just carried out the dessert and the lights were down and they were playing a techno Happy Birthday, which was, uh, I don't know, one of the more interesting things that I've seen in a restaurant. Uh, was that the highlight of the night for you, Larry? Uh, yeah, it was it was very entertaining to hear and see what was going on with that. Um, we were just sort of outsiders looking in on this place. I think we were uh, the only non-Georgian people in the restaurant, and uh, yeah. they treated us great, and it was a lot of fun. They did. They gave us they gave us a wine recommendation, recommendation too. I didn't mention that, but they, we had no idea. They the she came over to me to pick a wine, and I you know let her just pick one, and so we got they had filtered and unfiltered, and we got a traditional Georgian wine that uh, she said was made in a clay pot and was unfiltered, and it was fine. You know, none of us are wine experts, uh, but it was certainly good enough that I enjoyed it. But, you know, you're there in a place like that. They hand you a list with things, wines you don't know about. you got to go with the traditional one. Yeah, it was good. Every, everything was good. I would totally go back. Um, it was very entertaining, and I'm glad we got to try something new together. Me too. Larry, I'm going to say you are one for one now officially. And uh, we'll have to hit a couple other places on your list and get you back on the podcast. Maybe it, it might take two more years, Larry, but we'll get you back on here at some point. <laughs> Looking forward to it, Mitch. Thank you All for right. having me. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry, for coming on the podcast and for being a good sport. I said when I had him, I couldn't believe it took so long for me to get him on the podcast. And then it was another 15 months before I actually posted the conversation. Who could have known? 
If you enjoyed this episode, you should go back and check out the previous 47. Many of them have guests like Larry and other friends. About half of them are me by myself, which tend to be even shorter episodes. I have episodes from 12 states and five different countries. Lots of interesting meals back there as we approach our 50th episode. You can subscribe in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. While you're there, leave me a rating or a review. I mentioned last time that I didn't get any new iTunes reviews during my year off, which makes sense, but someone named RTM918 came to the rescue. RTM wrote, subject line, short, sweet, and makes you hungry. Been listening to this podcast for a long time. It's always solid and perfect in length. Mitch comes across like he's talking to friends and makes you really want to try the food. Thank you, RTM. I know you said it's perfect length. I hope you don't mind today's episode was about 10 seconds longer so I could read your review. I'd appreciate more of those from other listeners so we can climb back up those charts and so it doesn't look like everyone stopped listening when I took a year off. While you're at it, make sure you tell your friends too. I'm sure there are some people who did unsubscribe while we were dormant. Make sure you let them all know that we're back. If you enjoy the podcast, I always appreciate people helping me make it grow. Remember that you can follow me at Mitch Goldich on Twitter and Instagram, or search for Mitch Goldich on Facebook for pictures to go along with this in every episode. You can also follow at Mitch Eats Food Pod on Instagram. Unfortunately, as I said, Oda House was pretty dark inside, so I don't have the best photos from this meal, but you can still look at what I do have and at least see what Pelamushi looks like. Finally, you can email MitchEatsFood at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again real soon. (laughs) 